0: So, I wanted to talk about uh, something a little different today, but and mostly anecdotal, I guess, but like the evolution that we've been seeing about how cannabis is marketed, like generally and also to women.
1: Yes, absolutely. And there's been a huge switch just in the last two to three years. Um, part of that being with the legalization of, of cannabis in different regions and areas. But in the marketing specifically, which is what you and I are kind of chatting about, there's been a definite shift of, the demographic that it was already very popular with to a sort of mainstream type of marketing with it becoming legal, um, and the, yeah, the target market uh, might not be what people think it is.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. And it actually, I I would think that like uh, COVID's probably been like a real boon to mm. this kind of thing because people are kind of looking for ways to fill time at home. A yep. and B they know that they're in the safety of their home so True. trying out things that they potentially may not have done before you know like pot yeah uh, might be something that they're willing to give it a shot to like I for sure am smoking more that like now that I'm yeah. like home all the time like i I smoked a lot in university and then I didn't for several years yeah and then like smoked sort of on and off but I've been smoking I think more regularly now that covid is a, a thing not not for like any stress management or anything but just like if i'm Though just like there are
1: there's probably a lot of people who are oh, using Oh, for sure and for for management. appetite inducement
0: for mm-hmm. uh sleep management for as a sleep aid uh yeah. pain management like my mother-in-law had some pretty severe pain management that she had to do and oh. uh she was also some pretty heavy chemical stuff and it was supplemented by a fair bit of medical cannabis
1: because you can't just take opioids your whole life
0: (laughs) i mean you can but i mean yeah
1: but I mean, especially in those situations, like with your mother, as you were saying, like when you've been prescribed a whole bunch of med- like medication, and it's you know for good reason, um, like warranted. But I mean, living and sustaining off that with the certain illnesses that are you have to just it's management, 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 management. There's no end in sight. Like something that would be maybe a short-term painkiller. We're yeah. talking about long-term yeah. treatment. Something yeah. that's a little more natural and a little less of that kind of chemical. Um, you know, you got to start looking for those things too. Absolutely. You know, as, Absolutely. A, as a supplement, as a supplement at the very least, because there are certain, you know, drugs that you have to be on depending on everyone's condition. Certainly. And just as a, as a warning to everybody here, we are not advised. This is not an no. advice or suggestion no, 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 no. episode.
0: These, these totally are anecdotal. just totally anecdotal observations yeah. and personal experiences. Please yeah. do not take anything we are saying as, as Recommendations for anything? No. Uh, I was, was just gonna say. We're we don't just know talking. Anything. No, <laughs> yeah. we're just talking. Yeah, we're, just having
1: a, <laughs> we're having an open conversation. We want you to have conversations that are open conversations. But by no means do not change your behavior based on anything we are saying. No. We do not know your situation. uh You perceive doctor. Conscience. Doctor,
0: talk well, to your yeah. pod dealer.
1: No exactly. One, like, <laughs> get advice from people who know. Yeah. Um, your, your your pot dealer and or bud tender as I yeah bud exactly that's what they are called exactly. and yes. I I just think that's very nice
0: I love that yeah and actually I'm uh, particularly excited that now that like cannabis is becoming more and more legal. No longer do you have to deal with the sketchy assholes who used oh my to sell
1: pot. I am very excited about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. see, even when those sketchy assholes are, you know, friends of friends.
0: <laughs> oh, a- absolutely, <laughs> and know, like
1: they're sketchy know, in their own way, but you're in a safe. Absolutely, the same
0: place. <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah, man. I, I and I'm for sure. There's like a stand up comedy bit about this, and for the life of me, I can't remember. There,
1: one hundred percent is. There's a whole Tom Segura bit on how. In the there's one
0: about the Chinese food delivery guy who like sticks around to eat some of the food that he's
1: delivered. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Mulaney bit about that. The yes, one that, about. That's,
0: I think that's what I remember. And the
1: Tom Segura bit is how um, in the future, like his kids who are like under five in the future, kids won't understand how ridiculously difficult it was for us to get it. Like oh for him, especially cause he would have been getting it in like the seventies and the eighties. Right, um, right. But so even more difficult than it is even now in places where it's difficult. Um, and then, yeah, in the future it'll just be like, he, one of the lines that he kind of said was, you know, he'll explain how difficult it was and his kids, you know, something that happened and his kids will go like, what, what happened? What was dangerous about it? Like was 7-Eleven on fire? It's like, no, you couldn't get it at 7-Eleven then which is like the idea of <laughs> how mainstream it will be probably in 20- Oh yeah yeah Um, because even now it's way more mainstream than it was when you and i were in say university oh for sure yeah for sure and the last few years
0: has seen a lot of um policy changes around Mm -hmm. legalizing cannabis and Mm -hmm. i think it's really interesting because uh, so a couple of years ago i was looking at potentially doing an industry change in my in my career. And I mm-hmm. was doing a lot of looking into the cannabis industry. So I learned a lot about the different uh, policies that existed and the different ways of, of marketing and, and talking about the product and, and that kind of thing. Really interestingly, there's basically two schools of legalizing cannabis. There's like, the Colorado school, which is basically you understand that there's a black market and you kind of institute a lot of policies to transition that black market into a green market into a white market. Right. And so that's one way of legalizing uh, cannabis in in the state and making sure that it's sort of a a regulated industry that that you can tax essentially. Yeah, uh, the other way to do it is the way that Ontario has done it, which is to basically say that, listen, black market is black market and it is wholly illegal. We are going to develop a completely new infrastructure for the white market. Right. Um, and if you want to participate in uh, legal cannabis, it can only be done in this framework that we are setting up. Exactly. Uh I'm not an economist. I don't know which one is is better. I just know that anecdotally, Colorado seems to have had far fewer problems in getting cannabis to the consumer um, and, and taxing it as a consumable good than Ontario has had. So right, purely anecdotally, it seems like the model in Colorado is
1: probably more robust, right? The Level of involvement of the government in every step of the process is probably where you're, where the differences lie mm-hmm. um, and where you're seeing different outcomes, just because as we saw with, with uh, well, in, again, in Ontario specifically, with with, um, with alcohol, so for those who don't know, you can only buy alcohol from liquor stores that are owned by the government, Yeah, um, owned and operated, and they control the whole. So it's, everything is available. You can go in and buy it. It's very easy to do, um, but it is like government run. Um, so their, their involvement say is all of it, (laughs) it's not a not a percentage involvement or like, you know, economic encouragement or stimulus of any kind. It's very much like we own it and run it. And this is the only game in town. Uh, whereas I feel like in other places where that isn't the case, again, depending on level of involvement, like with the government holding all of the cards, it goes from black market to white market immediately. Whereas there's maybe more steps when the government's only partially involved because there's all all different levels of government. So, I mean, yeah, as you pointed out, again, I don't know either. It's very anecdotal, but I would guess, generally, it's safe to say when the government is involved in something, uh, things tend to uh, slow progress as far as like speed and innovation. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't like that that's the case. Um, uh, When cannabis became legal here, it was like, you can buy it, Uh, online and everyone who has ever bought anything online was like fantastic I love shopping online and then of course you go to a government website and you're like how did they not know what e-commerce looks like yeah yeah, this is the worst shopping experience I've ever had and and e-commerce has been around for decades that's
0: that's the thing is that when
1: they decided when
0: that when the Ontario government decided and this was part of the learning that I did when I I was looking at changing the industry that there were all these policies in place about Branding limitations, yes that, very that much. you couldn't put a brand on there, you couldn't differentiate in terms of uh your brand and brand values and and that kind of thing it was very much like the way tobacco is presented like yes. it's it it was sort of presented with the same degree of um you know, we have to be really really cautious about it. You can't like it has to be this like plain white packaging with giant uh warning signs on it like there's right. uh, it and the thing is that the policy around what kind of branding and marketing and messaging uh, was allowed yeah changed so frequently. It yes. evolved really rapidly and to the point where People kind of just started developing brand narratives for their own brand. And then, like, all right, listen, like, we'll go by whatever your rules are and we'll play by whatever your rules are this week. It's going to change next week. But in parallel, we're going to keep developing like our own brand, like privately, and not put that on your website or whatever. And that's where a lot of um, celebrity brands and everything have started to take off. So you see brands from. uh, Seth Rogen and from Snoop Dogg and and you know Martha Stewart event, but like I I had gone to an event where the chief marketing officer, I believe, I I think that was her title, uh, but she was a pretty senior marketing exec from Snoop Dogg's uh cannabis brand, uh, was the keynote speaker there, and she was talking about how the goal of their messaging for their brand was to take. Uh, cannabis from something that you did off of the back of like a dirty frisbee uh you know you you rolled it up in these like cheap papers you got right. from the grocery store e- elevating it to something that you did in a vip room with your celebrity friends and with like these like hot women and like you know lots of like photography going on like people are, like paparazzi around and like so you it Elevates it to this level of aspiration, and the fact that there's like different kinds of cannabis allows there to be messaging around being an aficionado and being really knowledgeable about uh, things like terpenes and and you know certain scents mean certain things. Certain and and you know you want like a certain level of indica and a certain level of stevia, and like it allows you to be. um an aficionado the same way that you would be for cigars or whiskey or that kind of thing. So that was the drive to to grow this Snoop dog brand. And you see other brands kind of following suit in a similar way. And then they realize that, holy shit, like it's not men. It's not only men that
1: are that are consuming this. Well, yeah, and I mean they're not the primary purchasers by any stretch. There's huge, a uh, huge demographic where women aren't necessarily um, considered as uh, when in the stereotype that women. It's not that no women do it. It's just that when people think about it, they don't picture women per se. Exactly. And women, women are the primary consumers of everything, uh, as far as like responsibility for they have the purchasing power in any household in a
0: home exactly right so
1: when it comes to anything so you know marketing to to women has always made sense because they're a key demographic in many demographics and they weren't a demographic in the cannabis marketplace until about two years ago and this is kind of where the as you had mentioned you know um legislation is changing so constantly like you mentioned the the legislation is also changing around marketing so i worked at a um boutique marketing firm for a while. And some of our biggest clients were cannabis brands, uh, because marketing, um, uh, your cannabis brand on social media specifically, where a lot of these people were switching their branding there. When your market your demographic changes, you have to switch where you're marketing. And now you're finding that a lot of women are interested or you're trying to get women interested. So you need to market where they are, which is Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, like in places that cannabis did not have a place before. No. And because of that, every platform, as with anything, put in specific brand marketing rules. And those rules also changed constantly. So when we had our first customer, our first client, who was the, a cannabis brand, we had to find out what all the rules were in whatever state or city they were in. Um, and then as the rules changed, we had to tra- change the brand strategy every single time. And because we were so on top of it with that one client, word of mouth got around that we knew how to legally and correctly market uh, on these platforms. So we ended up just by word of mouth getting a lot of business. Um, and inadvertently, a large part of our portfolio did become cannabis brands, uh, just because we knew and could keep up with all the changes. So that, that way you so didn't important. have ways to so
0: important,
1: So important. But with the shift, like you were mentioning, the market starting to look at especially with legalization like okay now we can open the market up so where is like with any brand marketing where's the gap in the marketplace that we can fill well guess what it's women women are the key purchasers and women have historically not been marketed to when it came to cannabis they were not um included in a brand strategy because they they weren't seen as the key demographic and as more women as you know <laughs> women do consume cannabis um even being though they were women who could
0: choose cannabis yeah yes, exactly I can and confirm that women do in fact consume cannabis yeah <laughs> and like
1: no, from university and from life all, all women who do like none of us were surprised but i think brand companies having to think about who their key demographic yeah. are, having to examine like who's our ideal customer profile as you and i both know from being in sales you always have to look at your icp and yeah like okay so here's who we've got now, who can we get if we're going to have ex- like a huge market growth mm-hmm. and it was women? and so The idea came to opening dispensaries, but designing dispensaries to look like lifestyle brands. So no longer was cannabis, as you pointed out, this thing like that people do off the back of a Frisbee and like rolled in really cheap paper. Now you could walk into stores and the stores were brightly lit and they had beautiful Beautiful packet and and gorgeous bud tenders exactly a really trendy
0: young people who knew about like what kind of effect are you looking for what are you looking to spend how are you looking to ingest this like all of these different things that they can kind of walk you through this beautifully curated experience of purchasing and consuming cannabis right exactly
1: Um, it's like a fucking spa man yeah exactly and that's kind of the way that they've changed in the last two or three years the direction of where the marketing dollars are going in this particular market Um, it's still male dominated but the marketing has switched so as far as like in the industry it's still male dominated Mm -hmm. Um, but the marketing has switched now to target women as this is a lifestyle product this is a health product so it can be used to treat things like you mentioned if you're having issues with sleep if you have issues with pain if you have issues with anxiety and it's just been rebranded um and because you can show it on social media it's in some degrees not in again it's very slippery what is legal what isn't to show or not show like for example yeah. kevin smith probably one of the biggest famous stoners um right up there with the two others you mentioned um yeah. He uh, often does his podcast and it's live streamed and he's done this for years and just very recently, I think within the last couple months even, um, he used to uh, smoke while he was talking because he's, as he likes to say, he's a wake baker. So he'll jump Uh on a a Facebook live and he'll be smoking, but he'll talk about like, you know, the next, the movie he just saw or something that's going on. That's really exciting. Um, And only in the last couple of months, he now has to turn his camera off if he wants to smoke. Otherwise the other platforms are fine, but apparently Facebook will flag the video and remove it. Uh, So now he just uh, turns the camera off and he doesn't say what he's doing um he intimates what is happening (laughs) and why it's not being shown and anyone who's watching him knows exactly what he's doing but because because facebook just changed a rule and now videos are being flagged for it um even though that isn't what the video is about it's just something he happens to be doing um those things are getting flagged so all that to say you know these are kind of where you're seeing Consistent and inconsistent changes. So the the consistent part is that there will be inconsistencies and it's across platforms. And even within those platforms, there's changes constantly. So it is hard to keep up with. Along with the marketing switching, you're getting, uh, especially again, in the last couple of years, a focus more on like women are not just being marketed to, but women are now moving into the business side. Yes. When cannabis became legal in 2018, Uh, in Canada, uh, each province uh, had a a limited number of licenses that you could get from the province to sell it. And you had to apply. And there was a lottery. So there was an application process and then a lottery between those applications. And uh, in Saskatoon, there were uh, 150 some odd candidates that applied for seven permits that were available. And one of the seven uh, permits went to um, a young woman who's tw- who was 23 at the time, her name's Sierra, and she had put her business plan together in her final year of univer- uh, university. She was in um, at the Edwards School of Business in Saskatchewan, and she got one of the seven licenses out of the 150 companies that applied. And the first thing that happened was every company that did get it, every big company that had huge investors and tons of money, tried to get her to sell them ah. that license because she was one, one woman. This was her dream that she wanted to do. Um, and she had put out everything together. And these were companies that weren't even necessarily, they weren't necessarily based in the province. They were from other provinces because they had large investor money or, you know, they were ready to open, you know, big stores. And so she, she didn't sell to them. She had a plan that she wanted to do herself. And it was interesting how her story kind of came about, again, also, you know, having been so young uh, and in an an entrepreneurship class, she had a professor who helped her put her business plan together. Uh, But her inspiration came from she has rheumatoid arthritis um, and she had been prescribed cannabis to relieve some of the pain because she'd been told, you know, she was going to be on a bunch of pills every day. Uh, for the rest of her life to manage this arthritis that she has. And she said that wasn't something that she wanted to do. So she was she had been looking already into alternative treatments and that's how she came across cannabis. So that was her inspiration behind going after and getting into this business. So she runs uh, Living Skies Cannabis, which has one, had one location at the time, I think it has three now. She's running that, you know, successfully, this business. But in addition to uh, the cannabis products they sell, they also do sell. You can get merchandise there as well. I, I would imagine one of the youngest people in the industry to be running one of these businesses. And one that, it you know, didn't start off as venture capitalist backed, which many, and by many, yeah. I mean most, <laughs> yeah. is where, you know, that money comes from and that interest because they, ha- they put money into R&D and they put money into, you know, all these extra things. And so, and not to say that she is or isn't doing that, I don't know. Um, but yeah. it's those companies that kind of, you know, they see the, the little guy trying to do something and they come and try to buy it. And so again, it was all men too, who were trying to buy it off of her and she didn't, she didn't go for that. So I respect her like amazingly for that. Um, but also that she's been successful, I think is saying something as well. So oh, for sure, he clearly had a vision and it's clearly working. So the spot, the space for women uh, is there. If you, you know make a move into it, but this that wasn't always the case, but this is the that's the turn that we're seeing now, so yeah there's room- there's lots of um room for women uh in the business now, not just on the being marketed to side but the business side of it, like you had mentioned for sure,
0: and um, I think it
1: it it'll be
0: more and more important for uh you know consumers of cannabis to to get into this business as well because a lot of especially a, a lot of older women. Yes, they're not. They don't consume cannabis the same way that that men, especially young men, do. And women yeah. in general, like for sure, like we like to get high, but like also there is an element of wellness um, yes. associated with a lot of cannabis use, where you know you have you're seeing it in beauty products, you're seeing it as part of um, sexual health, you see it as as something to help with general anxiety, as you mentioned, Allie. Mm-hmm. Um, You know. You, probably like stressed out as being a mom but and a lot of the early stages of it is going to be messaging to remove the stigma around usage which is why things like oils and sprays and extracts and everything work so much better for women especially older women because of that stigma that still exists for like smoking you mm-hmm. know like smoking like blunts and out of bongs and like that kind of thing like no no right that, like that's not for me. Like, <laughs> you know what I, mean, I mean? that's like, like
1: the market they're not leaning or a
0: gum, Exactly. But like a cookie or a gummy bear or like a yeah. couple drops
1: of oil, like mm-hmm. those are not as uh, intimidating. They're seen more as, as you pointed out, like wellness, but also as products. Whereas prior to that, it was a lifestyle. Like if you want to be in cannabis even a little bit, it was like, well, there was only two archetypes. There was the, yes. you know, the person who'd never really done it and the stoner. And you, if yeah one of yeah. them there wasn't really a place for you. Whereas this, a lot of these, um, there's a few articles about uh, the f- uh, fem forward formula formulation. So a lot of it is marketed towards women who are curious about cannabis, but had previously, you know, with the stigma around it, not really got into it. So a lot of them are very low dose. And a yeah. lot of them are like you mentioned, balanced toward maybe a higher CBD. Yes. Uh, yeah, CBD yeah. Because leaning more towards, you know, you want to take it, and then go about your day doing something that has nothing to do with it. Like, you're exactly. not, it's not the thing exactly. you're doing your, your day around. Like when, you know, same thing when you and I, you know, have a glass of wine. For sure. Like For I don't sure. have a glass of wine and then go about my day doing like chores. No, I have a glass of wine when the day is over and I'm sitting down and like, I'm going to enjoy it. Like, you know, and it's a just a different experience. This is meant yeah. to be an integration into your life as opposed to, being your, either your whole personality and motivation or being to do something specific. And sure. I think that's where you've seen a lot of the marketing moving towards. Also, also and there's another article about um, the accessories specifically, how that is being tailored towards Uh, women as well. So um, different artists and makers looking to. Yeah, well,
0: it's so, so weird that not everybody wants like aliens and flames on everything. Right. What (laughs) And like like, pot leaves.
1: Right. All over things. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, and that's the thing. And again, that speaks to how the marketing used to work. It was always geared towards, yeah. you know, the more of childish, of
0: those more fun, like more, you know, yeah, uh, lack of responsibilities and like that kind of thing, which
1: no longer is. It, it's no longer that. Exactly, and like having women be bi- a bigger part of the industry, that's where you get the like. Okay, we need to gear the design towards something that a woman wouldn't mind having on her shelf or yeah. having on a table, like you don't want it to be this secret thing that you do. No. You just want to be able to use the thing you have. And so, you know, changing that stigma is partly changing the branding and changing the way people are consuming things. And For that's sure. what you're seeing. Like, it's about normalizing these everyday objects and uh, making them aesthetically beautiful, but also very user-friendly, you know?
0: For sure. Um, so
1: there's not a lot sure. of like complicated stuff. So a lot of places, you know, sell like, starter kits they will give you everything you need to know on how to do x or like they've made it yeah it's super interesting very interesting
0: really interesting um and i i think we just generally wanted to like we we just started talking about this like yeah we should just like hit record (laughs) yeah (laughs) why not it's just an interesting thing to talk about and it's been mostly anecdotal and observational um, and I'm sure down the line at some point we'll we'll do another episode that actually has like statistics to reference and and that kind of thing, Absolutely. but uh, I think we can wrap on on the sort of just that it's just it's just a super interesting space to 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 recognize and to reckon with right now
1: yeah, I mean, it's seen, you know, huge growth in the last three years. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, that growth will continue. But in addition to the growth, you're, we're seeing a shift. And that's always interesting, um, just to see where things are going and to be aware of. So, and, you know, for us, is always wanting to see, you know, where women fit in that shift and change and how it's uh, being positioned for us. Um, for sure and this is one of those things so something to keep an eye on and like you said we'll probably have another episode at some point with a bunch more information and a lot more research but this was just something that yeah you and I are chatting about and we thought hey why don't we just (laughs) include our friends in the conversation so thanks thanks for hanging out with us guys
0: yeah do you want to uh share our social so they can uh jump in if if they want
1: Absolutely. So, we always love to hear what you have to say. So, you can jump in and join the conversation on Twitter at particular women or on Instagram at these particular women um, using the hashtag be particular and the hashtag these particular women. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, are you in the industry? Are you interested in getting in the industry? Have you been uh, more recently interested than maybe before? Um, we'd love to know your thoughts. Feel free to leave your comments there. We look forward to reading them.
0: Cool. Thanks so much for talking to me about that.
1: That was great. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.